Hello and welcome to the Pentecost Sunday message that's called The Call of Pentecost. I'm Richard Lanford. I'm the redheaded preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie. And welcome to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. It is Pentecost, and so our scriptures will be from the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, Acts chapter 2, 1 through 21, and um, also some verses from John's Gospel. And uh, our lector is Olivia Altmeyer. Please join me in a moment of prayer. Holy Spirit, as you poured yourself out upon the disciples in that upper room, and as we will pray in service that you will pour yourself down upon St. Peter's once again, we ask that your Spirit anoint those who listen, and may this message bring a blessing with grateful hearts for the gift of the Spirit who sustains us in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Jerusalem is crowded with Jewish pilgrims from all over the Roman Empire to celebrate Pentecost, which is when Israelites celebrated the Feast of Weeks, 50 days after Passover, and the giving of the law to Moses. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not... All those, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in all, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 
and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This ends the reading from Acts. Our second passage is the Gospel lesson. It is verses 26 and 27 from John 15, and the second half of verse 4 through verse 15 in chapter 16. This is a passage in which Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to the disciples. It is part of his farewell teaching before the Passion, teaching which is only in this Gospel. Jesus said, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will see me no longer. About judgment, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said, that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here ends the reading of the Gospel lesson and our scriptures for the sacred day's service. May God grant us a wise and joyful understanding of this, the word of God for the people of God. Many of you will remember the late Evelyn Schechter. I did not know that Evelyn, raised Methodist, converted to Judaism at some point in her life, as her husband Dave was Jewish. She went to synagogue and all the rest with him. At some point, though, she found herself back in the Christian fold here at St. Peter's, and at least near the end of her life, if not immediately after that, uh, she, she wore a little necklace, a gold necklace, and if you squinted a little bit, you could see that it said, Try Jesus. Sometimes Dave would accompany her to worship here. Well, when Evelyn died, I learned some of this, her Jewish daughter and, daughter and son-in-law organized the funeral. There was a big Star of David engraved on her wooden casket in the Jewish funeral home where I led the service. But her Jewish daughter, Jackie, she does have one who belongs to the United Church of Christ in Tucson, Nancy. Well, Jackie said something interesting about Evelyn's journey and last years or last decades. She told me something like, I guess you always go back to who you were or who you are. Meaning, I thought, that Evelyn came back to the Christian faith to stay, the faith in which she was raised, she returned to and died in. Do we always revert back 
to our spiritual or other beginnings as our end approaches? I would not say yes, we always do, but that helps her daughter. Having said that, our beginnings are often used to re-inspire and direct us. It happens personally when we remember who we are and raise our perhaps once lowered standards of integrity or behavior. It happens to churches, too. At many of our St. Peter's anniversary services, I have brought out some verses from Isaiah 51. Listen to me, you that pursue righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, and I, but I blessed him and made him many. And so I would encourage us you know, to look back to where we came from. This morning we have another beginnings story to journey back to for what we as a church need, the day of Pentecost. For as Abraham and Sarah were part of the origin story of Israel, and therefore of Christians whose faith came from Jesus and his Jewish faith, Pentecost is a huge origin story of the church universal. Now we know the story of Acts 2, and Olivia refreshed our memory of the first part of that chapter. The Holy Spirit of God, who is God as a member of the Trinity, came down upon and within the gathered disciples as Jesus told them in our gospel lesson. It's a very dramatic, loud, and even frightening kind of story, an event. Well, God was determined to fill the disciples with power. The Holy Spirit came with the rush of a violent wind, like the wind from God, perhaps, that swept over the face of the waters on the first day of creation. The Spirit danced with tongues as of fire, like the burning bush that God revealed to Moses. A bush that, quote, was blazing, but yet was not consumed. The Galilean disciples began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability, making it possible for them to communicate the news of what God did to everybody there who spoke other languages from the different places they lived that had come to Jerusalem for this festival. The Spirit is a creative force in our lives. Just as the wind of God was a creative force and power in the making of the heavens and earth, in Acts, the Spirit creates the Christian community, which is why Pentecost is often called the birthday of the church. Notice that God's Spirit is poured out on a collection of believers. The Holy Spirit is not a personal gift from God that each believer privatizes, says biblical scholar Robert Wall. The fact that the Spirit appeared to a group is, and I quote, the distinguishing mark of a people belonging to God. A people. We tend to have an individualistic view of faith, and many people talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus, and there is nothing wrong about that. There is nothing wrong with that, but what is created by the Spirit on Pentecost 
our origin story is a distinctive and powerful community faith. One and many. One community or one individual, and yet many people gather. That might seem like a strange contradiction, but remember that the triune God is also both one and more than one. One God in three persons. In God's own self is a single God who is also a community made up of God the Father or Creator, God the Son or Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. We need to remember that the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost to a diverse collection of believers, and this Spirit created something new and powerful, the Christian community. And not only within those disciples that were in the upper room and left, but those who came to believe through Peter's preaching and the movement of said Spirit. Well, that is our origin story, the church as a whole's beginnings in the power of the Spirit. The Spirit who called us into the church and created the church is dynamic, not static. Creating, not destroying. Upbuilding, outreaching, and mighty, not cynical, fearful, or timid. Our beginning is in power and in the community of believers receiving and animated by that power. St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie. May the Spirit so fall afresh on us. Our community right now, when it comes to gathering for worship, is quote-unquote hybrid. We have both in a car, a hybrid car. We have both electric and gasoline for the one car. People in person and people worshiping elsewhere or at another time online. Hybrid. We are very grateful for those who did and who do turn to us Sunday mornings or at other times to worship with us online. There is also a sense that church, the called out ones as the Greek word means, there is also a sense that church involves actual togetherness in community as well, a physicality to the fellowship when possible. The disciples, the Jesus movement, now anointed by the Spirit of God, move out into the streets of Jerusalem and with Spirit-given unnatural ability, do what? Luke records, they said to each other, meaning the Passovers, those each others, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. They were talking the disciples, in all these pilgrim languages, in the speech of their, the visitors' hometowns and capitals and regions about the mighty works of God, presumably through and in Jesus, it was a preaching mission at the very first, evangelism by word, bringing the good news to those in languages that reached them. Well, this is a difficult sell these days, not that it was easy then. You and I know that. One of the blessings we have in the Christian community is we know our need for God. 
One of the blessings that we have is we know our need for God, for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. We have cried out to God for one reason or another, probably countless times in faith and in hope. Knowing our need for God makes it easier for us to listen to and talk about God. It makes it easier for you and me to talk about our experiences with God answering prayer or giving us strength which came from nowhere other than us. I mean, it's somewhere other than us. Providence, unbelievably working things out for the best, which we couldn't have, you know, didn't see this coming. Or a profound sense of being forgiven or a peace that was given to us that came from beyond ourselves. Those are the kinds of things you and I and St. Peter's can tell others about God's deeds of power in our own lives and as individuals and also sometimes those deeds of power within congregations. You and I know, though, as I said, that more and more people do not have a sense of need for Christ, nor a real interest or desire to hear our witness. I'm reminded by our process of appreciative inquiry which we underwent about six years ago. Part of this was folks reflecting on and sharing with the rest of those participating times that we sensed a life-giving or life-nurturing spirit at or in St. Peter's. How did some of us come to know this is a place they could belong or encounter grace feel welcomed, or otherwise be blessed here. We shared those varied personal tales of life-giving nurture, and from them, we began to articulate our values as a church, reflected in some of these stories. And from them, we began to, arti- well, we began to articulate our values, which led us some, to some priorities of mission, being a welcoming presence, and more. And that, in turn, guided us to create an open and affirming committee, later the Covenant, which highlights our values of welcome and hospitality, which we experienced at this church, and for us were also among God's deeds of power. may have been gentle power, doesn't mean it wasn't among God's deeds of power, Appreciative inquiry comes from a place of appreciation. That's why it's appreciative inquiry. comes from a place of gratitude and building on that. We can at least find folks to listen to some of those stories, I would think, knowing that the real hero of the stories is not St. Peter's nor any individual here, but the Spirit of God. Is that not a way of bearing witness? that can start at least a conversation related to faith. God's deeds of power in communicating good, saving news to others in language we can understand does not have to start and will not start unless something fantastic happens. Um, It doesn't have to start with tongues of flame or marvelous gifts of speaking in other languages that we didn't learn in school. Our origin stories. 
in the power of the Spirit, in the womb of community, reaching out. If you were here years ago when we celebrated one of our anniversaries all month with little sketches of what we called joining stories, true conversations about how or why we joined this church, put into dialogues during worship, that is some of the same style of spreading the word in community and gentle power. It's similar to what we shared in Appreciative Inquiry. I mentioned the open-ended affirming covenant, which had its conception during the Appreciative Inquiry. That was not my idea or intent when I wanted and then got started the Appreciative Inquiry process, but it does reflect the spirit of some of those life-giving narratives people in this church told. And it echoes the story from the original Pentecost in Acts 2. You heard Olivia read Simon Peter quoting the prophet Joel, in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's an inclusive statement by God through Joel, quoted in our origin story, which Simon claimed as being fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Maybe in our own way, voting to become open and affirming is, like Evelyn Schechter, coming back to who we are or were in the sense of our origins back to Pentecost. The call of Pentecost is a call to remember where we came from, really came from. Faith in community, empowered by the mighty Spirit to reach out with stories of God's grace and graceful work, welcoming work, justice work, love work, in ways that folks will get and we pray respond to with a yes of their own and maybe some of their own stories. And now our church, with its messages of God's deeds of power, grace, inclusion, comfort, and challenge to the injustices of our world, it seems to be close to a post-pandemic point of reintroducing ourselves to our neighborhoods. With folks having been locked up and now coming out, with so many having fallen out of engagement with us, or never having been, this springtime and Pentecost day and season suggests a season of going out from our upper room once more and communicating the good news we know in Christ through St. Peter's. What languages do you and I know, or do our neighbors know, which the Spirit could empower us to use? What types of communication, what types of languages that we'll get through? Well, we know about social media, YouTube, Facebook, Laura's put us on Instagram, etc. I imagine there are other related options. At one point, I was jotting this down and wrote TikTok and kind of laughed. And then I got on the internet 
after I said, yeah, church on TikTok. Well, guess what? It's being done. Kip Pastor has 713.9 million views. Episcopal priest David Peters, Mike Todd, United Methodist Pastor Grant Merrill of Colbush United Methodist Church, and Noah Carr are just a handful of Christian ministers effectively using TikTok to creatively share the faith. We have our stories to share, our missions to others to lift up, our powerful God to rely on, who equips those whom God calls. Well, how else might St. Peter's reintroduce ourselves once we are more and more beyond the pandemic? Are we at or near the brink of a Pentecost moment? There, in God's time and way, the Spirit may be poured out upon this faith community powerfully with a variety of ways, some of them new in our personal stories, how we seek to share this love and righteousness as St. Peter's in ministry and mission, how we seek to share this and to work and join those who are working for a more just, peaceful, faithful, and honest place on earth. The call of Pentecost. I hope you felt the spirit moving as you listened to the scriptures and the, the message, the call of Pentecost. Please join us the next chance you get for next Sunday, which will be the Trinity Sunday in the life of the church, Memorial Day Sunday on the civic calendar. And I don't know anything more about that Sunday uh, than that. So let's find out together next week what happens. But for now, thank you for tuning in. It's much appreciated. And may God bless your week. Bye.